On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks are set to return to the United Center later this evening to take on Adam Boquist and the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'll be going over the Blackhawks' projected lineup as well as the starting goaltender matchup. And then the Blackhawks also reportedly could be giving out a seventh interview for their vacant GM job as they're rumored to have interest in Toronto Raptors front office executive Teresa Resch. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, February 17th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're listening to today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It'll only take a quick couple of seconds, a quick click of the button will help me out tremendously. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all absolutely for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, what's up, everyone? And as always, thank you for tuning into another episode of Locked On Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to kick off your day. As I already mentioned a moment ago, the Chicago Blackhawks are back at home, back at the United Center later on tonight to take on the Columbus Blue Jackets for the second time this season. And these two teams actually met just a little over a month ago back in Columbus. And if you all remember correctly, that was when, um, you know, Seth Jones was all set to suit up and make his return to Columbus for the first time since the trade went down over the summer. It was going to be the first time seeing Jones in a Hawks sweater, the first time seeing Boquist in a Blue Jacket sweater. But literally during the Blackhawks morning skate, Jones was pulled off the ice and told that he had tested positive for COVID-19. Obviously was not able to go later on that night for the Blackhawks. I'm sure that was A massive bummer and disappointment for Jones at the time. But now, fingers crossed, knock on wood here real quick, uh, Jones should be looking to make his first appearance against his former Blue Jackets teammates here in Chicago. And it'll also be now our second look at 21-year-old Adam Boquist on the back end for the Blue Jackets. Should be a whole lot of fun seeing those two go at it. Uh, And by the way, that game back in January, I think it was January 11th, off the top of my head. Uh, That resulted in a 4-2 win for the Blackhawks, and that was also part of their little four-game winning streak that they rattled off at that time before losing six in a row after. So once again, should be a lot of fun here tonight back at the UC. By the way, this is also going to be a 7.30 p.m. Central Time puck drop, and the game will be televised on NBC Sports Chicago for all those out there wondering. But getting into a preview of this matchup now here tonight, the first thing that immediately stood out to me when I was doing some research on Columbus was that they absolutely cannot keep the puck out of their own net. Coming into this one tonight, 
The Jackets rank 30th in the NHL, surrendering 3.66 goals per game. And when you go and look at the numbers for both Elvis Mers Lincolns and Eunice Corposalo, I believe Corposalo is not going to dress here tonight for Columbus. Um, but neither of them are having very good statistical seasons. Corposalo nearly has a goals against average of four. And then for Elvis, uh, he has been the better of the two, but he barely has a save percentage above 900. So has not been uh, the greatest season for either of those two in net. But at the same time, as I dug more into Columbus and how their season has been going, I found that it's you know kind of hard to blame the defensive struggles solely on the netminders here because Columbus also comes into tonight ranked dead last in the NHL by allowing 35.2 shots on goal per game. I mean, nearly 40 a game? Are you kidding me? It's been an absolute nightmare on the defensive side for Columbus. And the Blackhawks, damn it, they need to find a way to take advantage of this here tonight. I know the offense and the consistency from it each and every night has really been a killer for them. They're 30th in the NHL in goals scored. Columbus is 30th in the NHL in goals against. Um, but in my opinion, there are no excuses for the Hawks to not have success against, you know, this Blue Jackets defense and goaltender combo that have really struggled throughout the entirety of the year. Um, you just got to take advantage of this young and shoddy defense here and, and probably not the most confident of netminders. I believe Elvis Mers Lincolns is going to get the start. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, he, he doesn't have the best save percentage. He's been getting peppered all season long. Got to take advantage of that early and often. Um, I really think that's going to be a a key for the Blackhawks. They got to jump on that shoddy defense and take advantage in their return to the United Center. Also, one other thing I noticed with Columbus that's kind of similar to the Blackhawks is why I wanted to bring it up. In their last eight games, the Jackets have only scored the the, the opening goal of the game twice. Two out of their last eight. And for the Blackhawks, scoring the first goal has been a major key to success for them recently. In each of their last five wins, the Hawks have scored the opening goal of the game. So neither of these two teams do it very frequently and would definitely like to be doing it more as uh, the second half goes on. Um, But I I think that's going to be a a really big key for, for the Blackhawks in order to pick up a win tonight. And I know basically every game for the Blackhawks, it seems it's important for them to score first. Um, But it does feel like between these two teams, both of which have success, when they score that opening goal, I really think um, whoever jumps out to that early lead again here tonight has the best chances of securing the victory down the stretch. As for the Blackhawks lineup for tonight, folks, first, we do know that goaltender Arvid Soderblom will be making his second NHL start here tonight against Columbus, and this will be his first start at the NHL level since way back on January 2nd against the Calgary Flames. That was his uh, first NHL start. He came in the game prior after Kyle and Delia got pulled after a dreadful first period. Um, And in that first NHL start, Soderblom, the numbers, they're not going to tell you that he was good, but he stopped 37 of 41 shots faced while the Hawks were getting peppered in that one. So Fingers crossed. I think it's going to be an easier night for Soderblom, hopefully. Um, But I'm really excited to see him get his second game of NHL action because he's been tearing it up in Rockford and the Blackhawks are super excited about his future and want to be giving him more opportunities opportunities here in the second half of the season. 
And with this back-to-back tonight and then tomorrow against Florida, um, I talked on the show yesterday about how we knew Soderblom was going to be getting at least one of these starts, and it does make sense to give him this one, I think, against, um, against Columbus. And Fleury, I mean, <laughs> definitely in need of a break. He had started 15 of the last 16 games for the Blackhawks, and with Lankinen still not 100%, as I mentioned on the show yesterday as well, uh, Derek King said Lankinen could be ready to go by next weekend. But that leaves Soderblom as the next man up here tonight as the Blackhawks take on Columbus. By the way, one other quick thing I wanted to mention as I touched on Flurry for a second. Um, the Flower actually spoke with the Blackhawks media following practice yesterday. And when he was asked about some of the recent trade rumors and whether or not he's heard them or just the conversations he's had with the Blackhawks and everything, Flurry said he still has not talked with the organization about his future, but he does believe his agent, Alan Walsh, has. And a couple of months ago, we heard reports that the Blackhawks hadn't had any sort of extension talks with Flurry going forward. And it kind of sounds like that's probably still true at this point, if he in particular hasn't chatted with the front office yet. And while Fleury did say, you know, he loves it here in Chicago, he's got nothing bad to say about his time here, he he would like to stay if it's possible, it just wouldn't make sense to do that. As nice as as it's been to have Flower around, as great as a teammate as he's been and how phenomenal he's been in net night in and night out, I know it's going to be tough to let him go, but with the way this franchise is heading, it just doesn't make any sense at all to be having a, a 38-year-old netminder when he's undoubtedly also one of our best trade pieces. So even though Fleury, you know, sounds like uh, it sounds like he could be open to staying in Chicago, it's just extremely hard to see that actually panning out. Fleury, though, interestingly enough, for the first time publicly said that if he were to be traded, he would want to go to a place where he has a chance to win. We were all assuming that for the last couple of months, but this is the first time we've heard Flurry say that publicly. So obviously, you know, that, that fire continues to burn within the flower. He's still a fierce competitor. He still wants to win, wants to get another Stanley Cup. Um, and he even also added that he does plan to play at least one more season after this one. So. We'll see how all that affects Flurry's trade situation, but it was definitely uh, an interesting chat that he had with the media for the first time in a little bit. All right, there are some thoughts on the matchup with the Blue Jackets and Flurry's current situation with the Hawks. Coming up in just a minute, I will get into the rest of the Blackhawks lineup for tonight, as well as some more recent injury updates. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. Football season may be over, sad face, but Bet Online has way more odds and info for both pro and college hoops. From game scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. 
And it's not just basketball. From the NHL to boxing and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games. Bet online, where the game begins. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Blackhawks, getting into segment two on the show today. Let's get into the rest of the Blackhawks' projected lineup for this evening against the Columbus Blue Jackets. First, actually, I talked for a little bit on the show yesterday about some injury updates to Captain Jonathan Taves, Kevin Lankinen, and both Tyler and Reese Johnson. Well, before the six-game homestand for the Blackhawks begins, They're going to be in Chicago for the next 17 days. I also wanted to be sure to have you all up to date on a couple of other injured players that we finally got some news on following practice yesterday. First, forward Jujar Kara, who missed a couple of games back before the NHL All-Star break due to a lower back injury, apparently is still undergoing second opinions and just some further evaluations to see ultimately how severe this back problem of his is. And kind of the weird part about the situation is that right before the All-Star break, Carroll was actually on the ice for the final few practice sessions that the Blackhawks had. But I guess uh, he either had some sort of setback or something still just wasn't feeling right, even though he wound up getting out there with his teammates. So. It's kind of another real bad break for poor Jujar Kara. I feel like he's spent this entire, it feels like his entire season so far um, has been filled with injuries. Really sucks because he was an effective player, went healthy for the Blackhawks early on in the year. Not much more of an update other than that on Kara, other that than he's still being evaluated. Uh, and Derek King also added that he's, Not sure at this point if surgery is on the table or not. Also, defenseman Riley Stillman, who's been dealing with a left shoulder injury recently, kind of like Kara, actually. Stillman also may have had a little bit of a setback in his recovery process after we saw him on the ice for a couple of days. Apparently, when King talked with the media yesterday, he said um, during one of the practice sessions recently, Stillman felt some discomfort in his shoulder, headed off the ice, and now is looking like, uh, now is looking at a return probably sometime in late February or early March. Basically, the same timeline that Tyler Johnson is on right now as well. Uh, Looks like those two could be back during the latter half of this six-game homestead, Uh, but the Blackhawks are going to be without Kara, Stillman, both Johnsons, Lankinen, and Captain Jonathan Taves in this matchup tonight against Columbus. Not much of an update on Taves other than uh, just actually two minutes ago, Charlie Rumeliotis, my boy from NBC Sports Chicago, said that Taves was seen working out in the hallway after the morning skate. And Derek King actually said he was briefly on the ice today, kind of just testing things out. So that's definitely some good news to hear on Taves. Hopefully he'll be back on the ice soon, but will not be able to suit up in this matchup tonight against Columbus. Now getting into the rest of the Blackhawks lineup for this one. 
starting up front with the forward lines. Not much of a surprise starting up top with Brandon Hagel, Dylan Strom, and Patrick Kane once again serving as the first line. On the second, though, we will see Kirby Doc and Alex DeBrinkett remain together. I th- I've thought those two um, in the past few games have shown some solid chemistry. But interestingly enough, joining them on the right wing tonight will be Mackenzie Entwistle. And while I do like a lot about Macker's game, I've given him plenty of praise here on the podcast. I love his size. I love his compete. But there's just no way, shape, or form, even with all the injuries the Hawks are dealing with, there's no way Entwistle should be a top six forward at this point of his career. And that's not a knock on him. As I said, I like the energy. I like the size. I like the hustle. But his game isn't really meant for the top six. And to be giving him those opportunities over, you know, a guy like Dominic Kubalik or even Sam Lafferty, who's looked really sharp in his short time with Chicago so far, I don't know. That just seems like a little bit of a weird decision to me to have Entwistle as the one up with Kirby Doc and Alex Dabrinkit. Uh, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see if that trio pays off later this evening. We also could see Derek King hit the blender, which he has done plenty times as of late. The third line is set to be Dominic Kubalik, Josiah Slavin, and Sam Lafferty, my boy. Top six Sam, who's getting robbed of his true destiny here in Chicago. But I do like this third line here for the Hawks. I think, you know, <laughs> don't got going to keep hyping up my boy Top Six Sam. I think he's been a great energy guy, great glue guy, as I mentioned on Twitter a few days ago. Honestly, he's kind of reminded me of like a mini Brandon Hagel almost. I really like what I've seen so far out of Lafferty, and I know I'm not the only one. Um, And then for Slavin, he's had his flashes, you know, but I would, in the second half of the season, I would definitely like to see him get some more opportunities to kind of know a little bit more about what we have with him. Don't really know still at this point, I believe. And then for Kubalik, just got to shoot the puck, man. Shoot the puck as much as possible. Shoot or shoot, baby. And Kubalik has not been doing enough of that, at least successfully so far in this season. And that leaves the fourth line of Philip Kurashev, who is expected to draw back into the lineup after being scratched up in Winnipeg on Monday, along with Ryan Carpenter and Brett Connolly. So, Henrik Borgstrom, it appears, is going to be the odd man out tonight up front for the Hawks, and sheesh, it has been some tough sledding for Borgie in his first season with Chicago. I mentioned this actually on Twitter earlier in the week as well, but aside from Borgstrom's three-game point streak that he had going in December and early January, I also believe he missed some games in between there, Um, but other than that three-game point streak that he had, In the other 32 games that he's played in this season, Borgstrom's only recorded four points, one goal, and three assists. Not exactly what we were hoping for out of Borgstrom, so uh, hopefully, you know, maybe this healthy scratch can can light a little bit of a fire under him, because I do feel like he has both the size and the skill combo to make things work at the NHL level. On defense for the Hawks, no changes tonight. I believe we're going to see Calvin DeHaan and Seth Jones remain as the top defensive pairing. Caleb Jones and Connor Murphy are going to stick together as the second 
for the second consecutive game. Caleb Jones, by the way, I thought has been really dynamite these past handful of games. And that leaves Jake McCabe, who played beautifully in that win over the Jets. A good bounce back game after it was kind of a nightmare in St. Louis, to put it nicely. Uh, But that leaves McCabe on the third pairing, skating with Eric Gustafson. That will be the group trying to protect young netminder Arvid Soderblom later this evening against Patrick Laine, who's red hot coming into this one. I believe he has five goals in his last five games and nine points. That's the defense that's going to be trying to protect Arvid Soderblom against a red hot Laine and the Columbus Blue Jackets later this evening. All right, I think that takes care of all the Blackhawks injury updates and their projected lineup for tonight's game. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to go over a report that there could be a seventh interview given out for the Hawks' vacant GM job. Welcome back to Lockdown Blackhawks. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into segment three on the show here today, before I finish things up, I also definitely wanted to be sure to go over the report that there could be a seventh candidate receiving an interview for the Blackhawks' vacant GM job. And if you've been following the Hawks' GM search closely, and if you've also been tuning in to Lockdown Blackhawks, thank you for all the support. But then you also would likely know that the plan from this front office was to only give out five or six interviews. And just last week, Matthew Darsh from the Tampa Bay Lightning officially became the sixth. So at that point, based on the reports that we had heard, I figured, hey, that's probably it for the Blackhawks GM interviews. But now, apparently, there could be some interest in a seventh. As yesterday, a report came out from Elliot Friedman that stated the Hawks are eyeing Toronto Raptors VP of Basketball Operations and Player Development, Teresa Resch, for their GM search. And I know a lot of people immediately are going to rule out Resch because she's coming from the NBA and doesn't have any experience in the game of hockey, kind of similar to Jeff Greenberg from the Chicago Cubs. And I do understand that. Ultimately, it is kind of hard to put faith in someone who literally hasn't had a job in pro hockey before. But for Resch, she has built up quite a name for herself in the past 10 years or so, most notably helping the Toronto Raptors build an NBA championship roster and making them quite competitive in the last handful of years. She's had a big say in that. She's been a big part of their success, and she also, prior to that, was involved around the NBA League offices as well. So she's very familiar with how professional sports work, how organizations work, how the leagues work, everything about them. She spent five years with the NBA's head office before joining the Raptors organization back in 2013. And from everything I've both read and seen on Teresa Resch, I'm not going to lie to you all, it's only been a couple of quick articles and and a few YouTube videos as well. But immediately, you could just tell how responsible and poised she is and how it just seems like a good fit for her to be in charge of an organization. She's a great communicator, wants to make sure everyone from top to bottom is on the same message. You got to hold everybody accountable. 
everybody needs to get the memo. And hey, that's kind of the shakeup the Chicago Blackhawks need, right? Everyone needs to be on the same page or else nothing is actually going to get fixed. The wheel is not going to be turning unless everyone's on the same page. That was immediately one thing I noticed with Teresa Resch. She wants everyone. That message is clear no matter who you are. If you're the superstar of the team, if you're a trainer, if you're an intern, it all has to be the same because we all have to be accountable. So I loved hearing and reading that on Teresa Resch. You could immediately tell she's very poised and just kind of has this presence and demeanor about her. You can just tell why she has such a strong reputation that comes with her name around the NBA game. So, um, and, and not only with just how she's communicating with other front office members and whatnot, but she's also got an incredible background in both scouting and in player development. She's the vice president of basketball operations and player development for one of the top franchises in the NBA. And her name's been bubbling in the NBA, in the NBA as well for a, a potential full-time general manager spot. So it really shouldn't be all that surprising to hear the Blackhawks go this route. Now, obviously, the NBA and the NHL are two different worlds. That goes without saying. But we do know that the Hawks, they're wanting to, to look at as many candidates as possible and aren't afraid to go a different route or at least look at it. I mean, what harm does that do? As I mentioned earlier, we have already seen that with Chicago Cubs AGM Jeff Greenberg. So really, this shouldn't be too much of a surprise, especially for how um, reputable Teresa Resch is. The only thing that kind of is surprising here is I thought that the Blackhawks were only going to be conducting five to six interviews total. So as of now, I do not believe Resch has had an interview yet. But the Blackhawks, they've tweeted out the first six. When they've happened, the Blackhawks have immediately tweeted it out. So if she does get an interview, we are going to hear about it. And I'd imagine that would be happening in the next couple of days, if I had to guess. So certainly interesting to hear that the Blackhawks have their eyes on Teresa Resch from the Toronto Raptors for a seventh GM interview, potentially. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Thursday, February 17th's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Locked On Bets podcast which is hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and even Lee Sterling's lock of the day by just simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Bets right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, Thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talkin Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call... 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. 
So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. Let's keep it going and pick up another victory against Adam Boquist in Columbus here tonight. And thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.